Welcome to Digital Finance Today podcast series. This is the second episode and we are going to discuss about how to raise capital through online platforms for exporting companies. The Digital Finance Today podcast series is about finding the trends in the digitalizing financial markets. And in each episode, we will have a guest speaker who will give insights of the market. My name is Mary Tomunen. I'm the head of business development of Grow VC Group. Grow VC Group is a digital finance enabler. And at the moment, our group includes 10 businesses on six continents, and we are growing all the time. Today, I'm here with my guest, Katie Suominen, who is the CEO of TradeUp. Katie, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us, what is TradeUp? Uh, thanks very much, Mari. It's uh, great to be here and, uh, and thanks for hosting this. We've uh, started TradeUp about a year and a half ago uh, to enable export-driven globalizing companies access growth capital. Um, so TradeUp is an equity crowdfunding platform. That's how it started out. Now it's a broader digital finance platform for globalizing export-driven companies, primarily in the United States, but we're also growing uh, further internationally. And the core uh, product and core mission is to provide growth capital, equity, longer-term debt for companies that are already exporting, already doing global business, already selling to international clients, uh, but that need now the, the Series A or the, the uh, early stage uh, funding to take their business to the next level, to scale and diversify in international markets as well as domestically. So that's what we are um, that's what we're focused on. Yeah, and this is actually a special day for TradeUp, isn't it? You were awarded the runner-up prize for a best global digital innovator. That's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, well, thank you. This is this is an award by the London-based Trade Finance Global and they have an annual award and we came second in the category of, of, of best digital uh, finance platform in the trade finance space. So um, they were, I guess they were impressed by kind of us putting two and two together, namely that now companies are able to raise capital online um, from accredited investors, uh, raise kind of serious uh, equity uh, as well as debt um, through uh, online platforms and then the need for uh, export-driven companies to have further access uh, to capital, or further sources of, of capital available for them. As we know, you know, export exporters and uh, companies engaged in trade have, for decades, if not centuries, had different kinds of financial products uh, supporting them, uh, such as uh, accounts receivable finance, uh, purchase order finance, when they receive a big international purchase order, and how do they go about fulfilling that, uh, different trade credit insurance products, um, uh, letters of credit, of course, and, and so forth. And there are a number of providers for these products. And uh, how we're different is that we are more than anything focused on the growth capital side. How do we actually help these companies that are doing day-to-day -day these kinds of export transactions to take their game to the next level, so to speak. So I, I guess that's what uh, uh, was intriguing to the panel who was looking at the looking at the um, companies um, that they were evaluating and and we're very honored of course and very pleased very humbled by it and uh, hope to of course uh, you know take ourselves to the next level if you will because we're 
were very new as well. And before we go deeper into raising capital and uh, talking more about exporting companies, um, I know, Katie, that you are today in Washington, D.C., and you organized an event there. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, you know, we've had, um, I've had a, you know, history of working here in, in Washington, and I worked in the trade policy circles, if you will, at the Intermarket Development Bank and a number of think tanks in Washington, and always kind of looking at international trade policy developments, um, as well as helping governments, particularly government clients, access capital, uh, millions of dollars to make their economies more competitive and more trade friendly. Uh, trade, as we know, is a great tool for development and much of my career so far has been about that. It's really helping governments uh, and now companies access the knowledge as well as the capital in order for them to export. And in the context of that, we had an event here in Washington with the Council on Foreign Relations, which is kind of a prestigious U.S. Uh, think tank. I'm a member of that. And the speaker was the head of the uh, Small Business Administration of the United States. Um, her title is the administrator of the uh, SBA, Maria Contreras Suite. And um, uh, I had the honor of preparing a background paper for this event. And her uh, remarks focused very much on uh, how uh, the SBA and other uh, partners, uh, private sector players, as well as other uh, government entities, can uh, better support entrepreneurship, uh, small business competitiveness, as well as small business exports in the U.S. economy. So, so it's really a, a wonderful way for us to be involved in these broader debates where all countries around the world are looking for sources of growth and exports, particularly coming from small businesses uh, and kind of mid-sized businesses, is seen as the one of the leading ways in which countries can generate growth. So. So it's, it was very, uh, very nice to be part of this and, um, and get to know the administrator and, and uh, uh, be part of kind of furthering this debate a little bit. Let's talk a bit about your company, TradeUp. You focus on globalizing companies. Why is that? Yeah, well, that's a you know, good question. And um, uh, of course, you know, intuitively it kind of appeals to people that hey, you know, if there's an internationalizing company, they must be kind of growing and globalizing and there must be something kind of uh, exciting about them. But we actually have a very robust um, uh, investment thesis, if you will, behind TradeUp. And that is that when you look at academic research, uh, numerous papers produced by scholars in different parts of the world, in Asia, in Europe, in the United States, um, looking at exporters versus non-exporters. Uh, these studies practically unfailingly find that exporters outperform the non-exporters. Exporters are better companies, they outperform the broader market. They are essentially kind of like a, an asset class of their own. And um, when you look at metrics like uh, productivity, uh, wages, the skill levels in, in firm, the employee skill levels, uh, growth, stability, uh, will the business go out of business or not, um, these these matrix are always better, practically always better for exporters when it compared to non-exporters. So so we have decided to kind of focus on this particular segment because we feel that it's a very robust makes for a very robust investment thesis. Now of course if you're a sophisticated investor, you want to say, hey, well wait a minute, you know, you you will want to take a 
deeper look at these exporters. It's not only that company exports or engages international trade that makes them better, uh, but or, or that makes them a worthy investment uh, target. That you may want to look at uh, these companies more deeply and find the best exporters in the mix of exporters. And so we certainly have that and and uh, have a due diligence process in place where we would fit companies across the typical criteria that. Uh, an investor would bet them, such as the quality of the management team, the financials, the, how clean the financials are for the company, what are the growth uh, prospects. We look at, um, with a partner of ours, we look at the legal, um, uh, due, basically a legal due diligence where the company has been incorporated and so forth. So we do take companies through a pretty rigorous process and some, some will uh, drop out in the mix. But overall, if you put those two together, you focus on the outperforming globalizing companies and you, you bet them hard and and look which are which are the best ones um, that's that's uh, that's uh, that's kind of our focus on the entire business model turns on on that so how do you find companies and how can companies find you yeah that's a isn't a trillion dollar question I, I find that a lot of entities whether it's um, banks or governments or uh, uh, funds or uh, you know uh, consultancies they always have trouble finding <laughs> the companies and uh, knocking on kind of the small businesses doors and finding the exporter um, it's actually interesting that in the in the in the trade space there are a number of entities that day in day out work with um, globalizing companies exporters uh, some entities involve U.S. government agencies like the Export-Import Bank. Companies go there all the time to get financing. And so this is a wonderful source for us also when a company requires something extra that the Exim cannot provide and where we might be able to come in. So we work with selected Exim staff on the ground as, uh, as well as SBA staff. Uh, there are similar entities at the state and local level where we can um, uh, work with, um, for instance, in Los Angeles, there is a, um, um, a a person at the mayor's office who works with uh, exporters and, and so on. So there are a number of consultancies, uh, uh, government entities, both at the federal and state level, um, uh, university centers that focus on globalizing companies, providing them with advice, uh, sometimes kind of surrounding them with uh, students, MBA teams. And so forth, and so there's what we like to call unique touch points to these to these uh, globalizing companies, and it's actually you, you kind of have to know the space in order to uh, find those touch points. But that's something that is in our comparative advantage, given that in our team and in our board we have very deep capabilities on the on the export front. Okay, and. Let's go back for a while to raising money for exporting companies and talk about investors. How can investors work with you? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, investors oftentimes have so much um, uh, deal flow, if you will, coming in that it, it sometimes is uh, overwhelming. But uh, in our case, you know, we make every effort to go and uh, speak with investors and be in front of them and show them the opportunities that we have vetted uh, and done due diligence on, so that investors um, see that there are see these opportunities, uh, also understand the value of these exporting companies, 
and uh, understand the matrix that we use uh, to analyze uh, these companies um, and understand our due diligence process. So we're, we're really, it's a constant kind of outreach and education effort with investors, but uh, any investor can readily come to us. They can sign up on our site, log in there. They have to prove that they are accredited, whether they are an individual or a fund or a, a you know, uh, an institutional investor like venture capital fund or private equity fund, family office and so forth. So they can immediately go to the go to our, our site and sign up and start seeing the kinds of opportunities that we have uh, because that by virtue of signing up they can see the paperwork that the companies have submitted, uh, PowerPoints and other materials. Uh, and certainly we would welcome any investor to, to speak with us as well directly. So they could just email us, um, any of us, and we can go from there. And we're bit by bit building uh, these relationships with with investors in key sectors uh, to to um, uh, to be able to provide them with the deal flow that they um, are looking for. And just um, this hasn't come up yet, so I'll mention that the typical opportunity that we are looking at is not necessarily kind of always an angel opportunity. In fact, there are a lot of platforms that work with angel investors and smaller. DLs below a million dollars. Our typical raise um, as we ratchet up and service companies is starts from about uh, three, uh, four million dollars, goes up to 10. We are right now have a, in the system a company that could raise 35 million, another one that is coming that could raise 22 million. So these are not necessarily like tiny raises, uh, but this digital platform enables raises of all kinds, certainly. And uh, we feel that the greatest kind of the best investment targets are these kinds of companies that already have revenue, are already out there selling, and that now have, have been, you know, are proven, but now need that extra growth capital to, to take their game, uh, to, to really uh, ramp up their game. So that's, that's how, you know, that's what investors get from us. It's very rigorous due diligence. It's access to these kinds of globalizing companies that are scaling and diversifying internationally. It's um, companies that are uh, proven, uh, that have very solid management teams, um, uh, you know, already proven financials, proven business models, and that are scaling further. And, and investors can reach us, you know, by emailing us, by signing up on our site, uh, by calling us um, any which way. Um, uh, and, and they can readily see companies also on our, on our platform, tradeupfund.com. How long does it take to raise money? Yeah, that's a golden question, isn't it? Um, when crowdfunding kind of first started, and we've of course gone beyond that because we ourselves now provide um, also export working capital and international project finance that go beyond kind of these equity raises. Um, so we're more of a digital financing platform, but when this kind of online uh, capital raises started, a lot of companies came to us and came to other platforms saying that you know, you know, once I'm on the platform, doesn't the money just come? Like, when, when is the money hitting my bank account? Um, and this is not, of course, this is not uh, the reality. Uh, when a company puts their profile on a website, that's just the first step, really, in the process. It's just the first tiny step toward uh, raising capital. There's a whole lot of work that has to go into it. Uh, if, if it's a platform that is has doesn't have a broker dealer uh, element to it, 
then the company typically does a great deal with the platform or uh, and by themselves of PR and marketing of the company itself, uh, gets on TV, creates buzz around the company. So there's a lot of actual hard marketing dollars that should be going behind um, these races. Uh, it really takes, oftentimes we see races take easily six months. Uh, sometimes sometimes can be faster. Sometimes we have entrepreneurs that have already uh, kind of the lead investor in place and, and so forth and have contacts. And in those cases, it goes fast because they have done a lot of uh, uh, preliminary work. And when you have a lead investor, uh, i.e. somebody has invested, say, you know, 300,000 or 400,000 toward your million dollar race, say, just as, as an example, then it's comforting for the other investors to come in because they feel like somebody has already, you know, thought that you are worthy of an investment and there's already money being put in. So, you know, investors like to kind of uh, follow each other a little bit. So so there is there is that element that helps companies. What helps is what I said before, is this kind of marketing and PR, like, you know, particularly if you're in consumer products, um, um, or even even in some uh, kind of B2B uh, industries, it's good to have a dedicated kind of marketing PR person who handles your social media, uh, gets you in the right uh, news media, just creates buzz around the company and you might be able to get some uh, wealthy accredited investors that way and certainly impress the investors that are there. Um, and then, you know, the third element is, is uh, clearly is just really being persistent. It's, it's oftentimes in this, it's, you know, you may talk to, as in the offline world, in the online world, you may come across 200 investors before that 201st person says yes. And you have to take a lot of no, and you just have to believe that, you know, it will happen one way or the other. And I've been actually extremely um, impressed and, and invigorated, shall we say, by the uh, patience and perseverance of entrepreneurs that have come to us and that are that are working on this but you know it can definitely be done and it's done every day but it does take more work than a lot of people realize so so there's a there is a lot of dedicated effort going into it even if you work with with the platform you really have to be um, um, you know working working hard to get the get the investment in let's talk a little bit about the current situation in the global market what do you say is now a good time to start exporting and how are the exporting companies doing right now? Oh, that's a great question, yeah. The, um, you know, I guess it depends a little bit what country you're in. <laughs> but if you're, let's say you're in the United States, there are some headwinds in the sense that China is cooling a little bit. You know, Europe is still not growing that much. And uh, the dollar is also quite strong right now. So that kind of hampers your competitiveness when uh, when you're selling to international markets. Um, at the same time, there are structural changes in the world economy, the rise of middle classes in the emerging world, the rise of you know infrastructure spending that stimulates um, uh, growth of other industries as well as services in which the U.S. economy is extremely competitive, the, the uh, improved opportunities to use kind of uh, to engage in services trade, for instance, through software service and other online um, online uh, um, uh, offerings and services, uh, it's easier than ever to 
to export and engage in trade by using e-commerce where you know once you're on a platform like eBay you're visible to the entire world and typically companies that are selling on eBay become exporters accidentally because they have been sitting there on the site and somebody discovers them from Korea or France and wants their product and lo and behold the company becomes an exporter and and on average any every eBay seller that is selling from the United States uh, exports to 19 markets and 95% of the eBay sellers export so there's a technology really gives companies small companies the visibility that they never had um, and there are these big structural changes in the world economy that that um, do favor um, you know engaging in global markets and I would highlight another point about particularly American products and, and companies is that we have truly uh, highly competitive, highly desired products and services in the United States. When we go to international markets, uh, our the quality of our work, uh, work workmanship, is really uh, um, highly valued. So we are competitive, and even if currency happens to be strong at some point, um, you know, our the quality of our products still goes goes a long way uh, out there. So. You know, I don't think it's kind of, there are a lot of cyclical issues that might make one say that, hey, maybe not now is not the right time. But to me, it's almost like it has never been such a such a great time to, to go out there. When you look at kind of the bigger uh, bigger uh, picture and bigger wheel of, of history. Tell us, Katie, when you help companies to raise capital, can you also help them to go global and help them in other ways? in addition to helping them raise capital? Yeah, yeah, you know, that's a that's a really uh, neat question because we started out with just focusing on the capital raise and focusing on kind of being a growth capital provider for globalizing companies. And then what happened is we started to hear from companies that, hey, I also need purchase order finance. I got this big order from a, a big multinational buyer and I don't know how to fulfill this order. I need millions of dollars just to fulfill this order, buy the supplies and the raw materials and the labor in order to produce the products that, that this order was all about. So we said, well, let's partner up with uh, uh, purchase order finance providers, export working capital providers to also furnish that. Um, and then we started to see some international projects, you know, wind project in the Caribbean and uh, clean tech project in Africa and you name it. Uh, and so then we partnered with the project finance provider uh, to to help companies also access that and oftentimes those kinds of project finances pair up with exporting so so we have a more holistic set of financial products if you will but the latest wave has certainly been companies that have been a little bit what I just described they've been some have been very deliberate about their export journey and targeting specific markets and going about it in a very systematic methodical way uh, expanding and scaling diversifying internationally others are have been online they have an attractive product and foreign buyers have, have just found them so I talked with a lady uh, just then who uh, is manufacturing in China imports to the United States but also her products have been discovered online by buyers from all around the world and uh, she's now exporting to 11 markets from the United States just because uh, you know she happened to be online and be discovered and she never intended uh, this to happen oh, but she's of course delighted by the outcome and lastly I know I want to know but I think also our listeners want to hear your thoughts about the market trends 
what kind of trends can you see in the global market when it comes to raising money through online platforms and also what trends can you see in exporting companies raising capital? Yeah, these are great questions and you know what's interesting about the alternative finance if you will or um, digital finance world and so forth it, it's changing so so very rapidly every day there's something new and to me there's just a tremendous amount of different kinds of windows that companies can now leverage and uh, use to raise capital um, there are you know different uh, business models different sectoral uh, platforms you know for medical technology or for agricultural projects or you name it uh, and then platforms also have very different business models how they monetize uh, how they engage with the companies and so forth so there's a, such an enormous amount of diversity and, and color there so companies do need to do some of their homework before engaging but to me there's never been as much kind of uh, you know opportunity to, to raise capital um, as there is today by virtue of the rise of online financing and uh, I, I like to say that there also has never been such a good time to engage in the global economy uh, in light of the fact that so many countries are becoming more and more developed middle classes are growing and we have all these new technologies or new new ish if you will like e-commerce that enable companies to reach international markets with very low cost uh, overall um, there's an array of banks of, of trade finance providers that uh, are, of course, very bullish about uh, the uh, international markets in light of the projections that trade is going to be growing um, quite rapidly in the next in the in the next uh, years. And there are, you know, of course, there are also gaps in the market. Like some some projections say that supply chain finance, for instance, could use 1.5 trillion dollars uh, additional capacity to accommodate all the demand that's out there so I would imagine that in the export space there's going to be more innovation and in the trade finance space per se uh, to to mend these gaps but overall I think both markets are kind of the online lending and, and online uh, capital raises raising market as well as the trade finance market, export finance market are quite uh, quite robust and quite on fire in fact and, and transforming and changing as the digital finance world transforms and, and changes. Interesting. Thank you Katie a lot for sharing your thoughts and all this information. It was great to have you as our guest. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure and uh, thank you for, for uh, uh, having us um, in your program and look forward to continuing our collaboration. Thank you. I'm sure the discussion will continue and we invite all our listeners to send us feedback through our website growvc.com. You will find there our podcast site, you will find also a contact form. And you can propose guests, you would like to hear being interviewed and topics as well. We have exciting plans for the next episodes, but all tips and wishes are welcomed. Thank you all again for listening Digital Finance today. We will be back in two weeks with new interesting insights from financial markets. Stay tuned.